Uh, I'm going to read out of two passages of Scripture this morning, but first I want to read out of Matthew 24, and then we'll go uh, to the next one. But <clears throat> this statement right here is so true. God's people should be discerning the times that we're in. God's people should be paying attention to where we're at. We're not, we're, I've heard all of my life, oh, you know, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's no truer statement. There's no truer statement that can be made than that one right now. We've looked for it all of our lives as Christians. But I'm going to tell you, He's coming. Don't, don't get complacent. I'm not fixing to tell you when because I don't know. The Bible says nobody knows. But I know by looking at the times around us and the things that are going on, and we're going to see here in His Word this morning, His return is here. Jesus' return is close. And the message this morning is, is that there is nothing more important than for you to have your life right with God Right now. Right now. You say, well, I've been a Christian. Listen. I'm telling you, if there is sin in your life, that you need to get on your face before God and repent of that sin and get right. You need to stay right. Because he's coming. You, you can read the book of Revelations and, 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 and it tells us exactly what's going to take place. I hear all these people around us, I just can't believe where, where, where we're at. I cannot believe this is going on. That's because you don't know the Bible. That's because you hadn't been in God's Word. That's because you hadn't had teaching that tells you what's going to happen. And I'm telling you folks, there is no greater... Thing that you should have a sense of urgency about right now than having your life right with God. Nothing. Because it's close. It can't help but be close. It's not going to get better. Don't fool yourself and buy into all oh, things are going to go back to normal. There are no things are not going to go back to normal. And you don't need to be worried about COVID-19. COVID-19 is the least of your worries. Your spiritual condition is what you need to be worried about. If you've got family members that have strayed, you need to be preaching to them. If you've got family members or, or friends or whoever that you know that, that, that are lost and apart from God, you need to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Like never before. I'm telling you, it's urgent. It's urgent. Matthew 24, verse 3. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when will these things be, and what will the sign of your coming, and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Let me tell you, do you not see deception all over the place? There is so much deception all around us and throughout this country and this world. I had a conversation with somebody earlier. You don't even know what to believe. You don't know what to believe. 
Well, you do know what to believe. The Word of God. When all of this mess is, is flooding your television sets and your radios and everything, and, and it seems so chaotic, throw it all away and go to the Word of God. That will never deceive you. That will never deceive you. That is our guidepost in times like these. That is what God sent us as a light in the darkness to grab hold of and cling to and, and, and live by and be guided by. Not by Fox News or CNN or WBAP, but the Word of God. People need to turn their televisions and their radios off and pick up their Bible. We are living in times. Listen, I'm excited. I told somebody that I'm, I am excited. You say, well, you are crazy. No. God's placed us, God's placed us in, in, a, in the times of his return to spread the gospel. God has called. If you're sitting here this morning and a child of God, he's called you. That's part of your calling. He's put you in this time in history for a reason. It's not just to sit in those pews or sit at home on Facebook. But it's a time for you to be an example. In the most tumultuous times in our history. Nothing like it. But God's word will never deceive us. It will never lead us in the wrong way. What a blessing. What provision he's made for his people. He knew when he created this, this world and, 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 and the thing, he knew exactly what, how crazy and chaotic it was going to be. And he knew that, that how weak we were to believe all that mess, but he gave us his word. He said, I'm going to give you something that you can hold on to, you can cling to. That will never lead you astray. Verse 5. For many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Highlight that sentence. Because I hear Christians or people who call themselves Christians all the time. Can't hardly stand it. They don't know what to do. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If, if God is truly the ruler of your life and you are saved, you can take joy in that statement. You can find peace in that statement in the most crazy of times. Because he says, right here he says, see that you are not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. You see, it's got to get worse before it gets better. That's why I can stand up and tell you it's not, it's not going to go back to normal, what we called normal. There's been a progression over, over time of it getting worse and worse and worse and worse, slowly. But I'm going to tell you something, it's happening at a rapid rate right now. I want you to know that, that we've gone over the hill on the roller coaster. And we are flying down the hill at worst. We are flying toward the finish line. 
But if you're his, you ain't got to be troubled. If he has, has saved you by his grace, you don't have to be troubled. The Bible tells us we weren't created in a spirit of fear. Don't be scared. Be joyous. There's no greater time to, to submerse yourself in God's word. In prayer. Seeking him. It's not something we can put off. Don't fret over your jobs. Ain't no telling what's going to happen to them. Don't fret over your retirement. Fret over your eternity. Fret over eternity. It's forever. Verse 6. No, verse 7. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Now tell me something as we read this. How in the world can anybody claim there ain't a God? When what he spells out right here in his words are happening right before people's eyes. Kingdom will rise against king, uh, kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. Have we seen that? All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. I don't know if we'll be killed. Can't answer that. Only God can. But I can tell you, God's people are facing are about to face the most, the greatest persecution that's ever happened in this country. You say, well, Pastor, you're scaring me. I, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to shake you and wake you up. I'm being real with you. I'm, I'm being absolutely as real as I know how to be with you. And if that shakes you enough to get you in your, in your prayer closet and in your Bible, then it's worked. If that shakes you enough to get your life right with God, it worked. King's coming. The king is coming. And no kingdom on this earth will stand. None. Only his kingdom will stand. Verse 10, And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. See any of that lately? They don't even know why they don't like one another, do they? I can tell you why they don't like one another. It's a spiritual condition. They're lost. They're separated from God. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Let me tell you something. It is super important for you to be watchful at who you listen to that claims to be a man of God. It is ever more important that, that you check the people that you listen to, men, women, whatever they are, against the Bible and against scriptural principles before you take heed of what they're saying. Because those, those deceptors are only, those deceivers 
are only going to get more and more and more and more and more as, as we get closer to God's return. Don't take what people say at face value. Anybody can open up this Bible and read a few scriptures and, and claim, to, claim to be something. But you as a Christian, as a child of God, have a responsibility. And I've told you this about me. You have a responsibility to, to, to check what, what people say against the Bible before you take heed of it. You have to answer to that. And I've told you time and time again, I'm just a man. If I'm wrong, tell me. I will stand up here quickly and, and, and correct whatever and apologize if I say something wrong. And I'm very capable of it. But you have a responsibility in your walk with God to, to check that and make sure that what, what you're hearing and what people are, are calling the gospel is truly the gospel. Verse 12, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Seen any of that lately? Can't even, we can't even spell love in this country. We got people on, te on television talking about unite. Let me, let me, there's not going to be any unity. Y'all can get that out of your head. There's not going to be any unity. You say, well, how could you say that, preacher? Because it's a spiritual condition. The ruler of this world is Satan. And Satan don't like unity. And as the hand of God and the, and the mercy and the grace and the restraint of God is removed, it can't help but be just more chaotic, more hate. That's what we're seeing. Listen, look here, verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. <coughs> Ain't no, it doesn't say, but he endures the end might be or could be. It says will be. It says the child of God that endures to the end will be saved. Hallelujah. What's there to worry about? There's a promise. A promise that will never, can never be broken. That God will get His people. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they take. It doesn't matter how many church doors they close. It doesn't have many, matter how many Bibles they gather up. You say, well, you think, I, I'm telling you, I don't know what could happen. I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist here, but I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to you the end times. I'm telling, I'm telling you that my Bible says that this stuff is going to take place before God returns. And I'm seeing out of my own eyes a rapid decline toward that fact. You 
say, well, that scares me that we might not even be able to meet at church. Doesn't scare me. I'm going to meet somewhere. And until they haul me down to Anderson County Jail, I'm going to stand right here and preach. And that's a possibility. I'm going to stand right here and preach and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord and that He has the ability and the power and the mercy and the grace to save souls by the blood on the cross. That's what I'm going to do. And I can tell you, it's not going to be comfortable. Your lives are not going to be comfortable as Christians, so get over it. Buckle up, buttercup. Get ready for the ride. You need to search yourselves and find out what true faith you really have. Because the amount of faith that, that it's going to take for you and I to endure to the end, we ain't never had to use. We ain't never had to grab hold of. The Bible says all it takes is faith of a mustard seed. Do we have a mustard seed in us? I don't know. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as witnesses to all nations and then the end will come. The gospel of Jesus Christ will reach every ear from sea to shining sea and those all across the world. In the most desolate parts of creation there will be no excuse. None. No excuse. Turn over with me to Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter three. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Pretty perilous right now, we feel like, don't they? We feel like they're pretty perilous. For men will be lovers of themselves. Believe that's happening. Lovers of money. Believe that's happening. And uh, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Unloving, unforgiving, slandering, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Let me tell you something. Though God created us to like to have likes, to enjoy things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you start idolizing those things and they become more important than, than, than God, they become idols. I hear people all the time tell me, say, oh, I, I, I didn't go to church. This, I, I didn't go to church because we went to, you know, they only have the, the four-wheeler thing over. We only have, they only have that once every once in a while. And, and listen. When that becomes starts becoming a habit and you put those things before God, sin. God don't like it. He hates sin. 
I'm telling you, we better search ourselves. We better search ourselves. It's real easy for us to get to thinking, oh, I'm doing all right. I'm being a good Christian. I'm being a good follower of Christ. But when we really dig in and get to looking at attitudes inside of us, we, we, we find that we got, we got room for improvement. We got things we need to repent of. And as we, as we get closer and closer to God's return, hey, it may be today. I don't know. Maybe before this church service is over. It may be 30 days, 3 years, 30 years. I don't know. But I know this, that but what I'm witnessing, what I'm seeing, what I'm discerning in my spirit is it ain't long. And God's people better be ready. God's people better be searching themselves for, for, for sinful attitudes and sinful hearts and repenting immediately before it's too late. Verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now as, as uh, Janice and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning their faith. But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all and as theirs also was. All of that's going to be to no avail. Because the king of kings has already conquered all that. He's already put all that to death. He says kings and kingdoms will pass away. Except for his. Except for his. Well, I'm, I'm going to do my best to make sure I'm part of his. And ready for his. Ready to step into his kingdom when the trumpet sounds. Oh, what a glorious sound it's going to be. I think of a real trumpet. How loud and boisterous it is. We can't, we can't even fathom a sound that's going to come when Jesus blows the trumpet. You won't have, nobody will wonder what it is. You won't hear anybody say, what is that? You won't, they won't say, where's that coming from? Who's doing that? Each and every one will know. That's the sound of Jesus coming. With countenance like lightning. In the twinkling of an eye. Ain't much time for repentance in that, in that moment, is it? Not much time for repentance in the twinkling of an eye. That's why we got to be ready. That's why we got to get our lives right. That's why we've got to purify ourselves at the foot of the cross. 
day by day by day by day. Verse 10, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance. Persecutions, won't be persecutions. Afflictions, which happened to me, Antioch, and, and wherever that is, and Listeria. And, uh, persecutions I endured, out of them all the Lord delivered me. There's an example. There's an example for God's people right now. Paul went through all kinds of persecutions. Not only Paul, but many. And every one of those people were delivered. Just as God protected His people and delivered them out of persecutions then, He will deliver us now. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not, going to, I'm not telling you it'll be easy. That it won't hurt. That it won't be uncomfortable because it will. The Bible says, why is the servant any better than the master? It's not. Master, the master, our master, my master, suffered persecutions like no other. We're going to face persecution. And, and I fully expect them to, to, to drive us to a place where we don't know how we're going to make it. We don't know what we're going to do. But I'm going to tell you something. That's what that, We fall on our face before the Father and cry out. And hold fast to that mustard seed of faith that we have that though our lives or whatever may happen here it may be taken from us, there's glory on the other side. God never promised us in, the, in His Word that we wouldn't be killed on this earth or taken out of this life for, for being persecuted for our faith. Did He? And I hope and pray that doesn't happen to you and I. But again, I'm trying to shake you this morning. I'm trying to stir you up enough that you, that you that from, from today forward that, that you will be so diligent in God's Word and in your prayer closet and seeking Him that your faith will be grown tremendously. You will be able to have the courage to stand when nobody else will. You will be willing. You will have the, the intestinal fortitude and courage to be willing to go into the fire for God. And what he's done for you. Perse 11, persecution, affliction, let's see, no. 12, right? Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. There, there's another message about those deceivers. 
There's another message about them. Verse 15, and that, the, that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. If you have a highlighter, you need to read that. That right there is why reading your Bible and immersing yourself in God's Word is so, so important. Because when all of these things and this chaos and stuff and these deceivers are coming around you, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit will discern to you when you open up that Bible and you start reading it. The Holy Spirit will reveal the truth. Scott don't have to tell you. Billy Graham don't have to tell you. That was promised to us through salvation. That the Holy Spirit would live inside of us and communicate with us and reveal the truth to us. But we live in a society now where people want to go to church and just, just be force-fed, spoon-fed what they know. But they don't ever go home and read their Bible. They don't ever go home and pray. They don't ever go home and, and have a real relationship with God. They think that they get up on Sunday morning and go down to the church house and sing a few hymns or pray songs and the preacher gets up and preaches a little sermon. That's all, that's all they need. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's not enough for you to stand in the times that we're fixing to be in. It's not enough. Not enough. You have got to be strong as an individual in your faith. You have got to, you have got to know the Word of God. You have got to be able to, when things pop up, immediately the, the Holy Spirit says something to you about it and brings up a scripture in your mind for you to go back and reflect on and study on and search out and, and, and see what He has to say about those things. There's nothing that's ever happened or will ever happen in this world that we live in that isn't covered in that Bible. Not one thing. But we want to take our Bible home and pitch it on the shelf till next Sunday morning. And He clearly tells us right there, In verse 15 it says, let me back up to 14 and catch it all, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's a lifelong study of the Scripture, isn't it? He's talking about a lifelong study. He's not talking about a daily devotional. He's talking about He's talking about a lifelong study of the Scriptures. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith. Because when you, when you know the Scriptures, your faith is strengthened. Amen? Wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given, in, and given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's no better time to be, the, be equipped than right now. 
You say, well, Pastor, you stand up there this morning thinking, like, making out like God's going to be here tomorrow. I don't know when he's going to be here. But I know that every day that ticks off the calendar, we're a day closer. I know that every hour, every minute that ticks off the clock, we're, we're closer. And I know that it is not a time to put it off. To make light of it. It's real. This is real. Eternity is absolutely real. And eternity is knocking at the door. I want to read just a few verses down into into batch into batch into chapter four because I think it's it's important. In all these perilous times that we're going through, and there are to come, let's see what he says right here. I charge you, therefore, God, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead in His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Sound familiar? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside from fab uh, to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Brothers and sisters, God has called us to a ministry right here in these times. Right here in the end times. There's a purpose. There's a reason why he hadn't plucked each and every one of us out of here and taken us home. There's a reason. And I believe that reason is in that last verse I just, just read to you. We have a ministry to fulfill. As tough as it's going to be. We probably can't even put into words what the things that we might see in this country. But I've told you before, my faith is not in a president. My faith isn't in a party. My faith isn't in Washington, D.C. or Austin, Texas. My faith is in Jesus Christ. My faith is in the one true king. And my obligation is to be what he's called me to be. Just like your obligation is to be what He's called you to be. And I ask you this morning to make yourself ready for that. If you're not ready, I ask you to go home and search your heart. Check yourself. Line the way you're living up against the Scriptures. Line the way that you're leading your homes up against the Bible. Get on your knees and repent. Repent and ask God by the blood that was shed on the cross. To cleanse you. And start over. Pick up where you, where you got in the ditch. And make yourself ready to be what He's called us to be.
Because I'm going to tell you something. There ain't no family like this family. Don't, blood's not like the family you got when you got the family of Christ. We love them. I love all my family. But the, fa the, the family that was created when, when, when Jesus went to the cross to save his church, there's no family like that. Ones we don't even know. And I'm going to tell you, we're, we're out here in rural America. It'll probably reach us a lot later than it's going to reach others. But it doesn't change the fact that we, every one of us need to make ready. Make ready that if the trumpet sounds before we leave this church house, we're ready. Every chance you get, share with your family. Pray for your families. Pray for your community. Pray for your church. You can't pray too much. No such thing. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your words. Thank you for your scriptures. I thank you that you gave us a light in the darkness. Lord, that in, in times like we're living in when, when we don't know where to turn or, or people don't know where to turn, we know that we can turn to Your Scripture. That everything that has ever existed or will exist, every attitude, every sin, every situation is covered in Your Word. Father, we give You praise and glory for it. Lord, I ask You this morning that if there's somebody that's hearing this message that needs Jesus, that they, they cry out. Lord, if there's somebody here this morning that just, just needs repentance for, for a sin in their life, that they cry out. And by the blood of Jesus, Father, I ask you to show mercy and grace on each and every one of them. I ask you to cleanse. Lord, I ask you to let us be that revival, have that revival in each and every one of us. Give us that faith of a mustard seed that we may have the courage to stand and be what you called us to be in these times. Oh, it's exciting, Father. It's exciting that the trump shall sound and glory is just on the other side. We give you honor and glory, Father. We praise you. Just praise you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen.